Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when the Mac is pro. That's right. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Ha! Now, we got to start, Noah. I think, let's be chronological here, okay. all right? We'll, we'll try some, some structure for a change. Hmm. We could use that. Yeah, I was just thinking, what if we did things in a logical way? That's kind of it's kind of almost illogical in a way. It's just like so far out there for us True. that it almost doesn't make sense. But I think we should try it. Yeah, we are in uncharted waters here, but we'll we'll wade in. Let's dip our toe in by talking first about the new Apple TV. Ho ho, let's go. Starting off with a banger. I know my inbox has been blowing up. People are like, Luke, I gotta get this new Apple TV. It doesn't say TV on it anymore. People are losing their minds. They're like, how will I know if it is or is not a TV-based device? There, You know, we got the lower price point. There's an A15 chip. This thing is absolutely, you know, the arenas around the world are blowing up with excitement, confusion, and disbelief over this product. You know, we got to be careful here because we could easily spend the whole hour just talking about the new Apple TV. So we got to we got to we got to oh, hold ourselves back a little bit here. Cuz I think Definitely, we got to rein it in. Yeah, yeah. Noah, do you want to start us off cuz I know that you were at first confused. Yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting First of all, you know, obviously it makes sense every every couple of years. Might as well just stick your chip, stick a new chip in the product and, you know, put a new one out Pop there. Because if someone there. sees, you know, someone sees a five-year-old Apple TV, it may still be just as good. But, you know, people are thinking, oh, that thing's pretty old. It should probably get updated soon. Mm. I'm not going to buy it. You know, just toss a new one in there and, and, uh, and, and might as well call it a new product, right? There you go. So... What we now get, I believe, is Dolby Vision, or no, it was HDR10+, Plus, mm -hmm. which yeah. joins pre-existing Dolby Vision. I know this is really riveting stuff here, but to me, the, uh, the features of the Apple TV are completely irrelevant. It's a newer chip, cool. All that means to me is it gets an extra year and a half of software support because it's being released a year and a half after the last one. So there you go. More important than that is our first wall panel falling, ladies and gentlemen. This is huge. Great news. There it is. But the really important thing, and, you know, a lot of people don't even remember this. Ian Zelbo doesn't even remember that, that there was a new TV at all, which is fair. That's not, you know, I, I only just remembered it when we were vamping up that we were going to have structure to the show today true um the price point 129 yeah that's i think it's interesting what they did the the uh the cheaper price point uh you lose ethernet and you get less storage space i believe that's the only differences right 
I thought that the storage was the same, 32 to start. And I think when you upgrade to the Ethernet one, you get 256 or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the, the, the cheaper one is no Ethernet and less storage space. I, I think that's right. I it didn't did the previous Apple TV come with 256 gigabytes of storage? I don't remember, but I think that there was I think that it was only Ethernet, right? There was no non-Ethernet model of the previous one. Correct. Yeah, this is a new they've they've given it a lower tier. Right. Someone someone here says 64. 64 what? I don't know. I'm assuming gigabytes. It could be stacks of diamond. I I don't know for sure, but what we can deduce here is that Apple said, okay, we'll make it a little cheaper. And I'm like, you know what? Nice. You know what's not nice? Let's talk about the M2 iPad Pro. Okay. Why? What is the point? Yeah. Okay, I feel like the, the M2 iPad Pro... Okay, first of all, if you just look at it on its own... <laughs> If you nice. If you just look at it on its own, it's yeah. just a spec bump, right? They just took the M2 uh, chip that. and they put it in the iPad. It's fine, I guess. But if you look wow. at it alongside the other iPad, like the base iPad that they launched, then it's really weird to me because there are things that that base iPad has that the iPad Pro does not have. And so maybe we should talk yeah. about that. Yeah, okay. So... um. I had a bit of an accidental runaway, uh, not viral, but but very strong performing video, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So it was, when was this? October 18th. That's when these iPads came out. Now, I was ready and waiting at my computer because, first of all, Apple really uh, strung us along there, right? At, at, I think it was 8 a.m. on the East Coast, 5 a.m. your time, Tim Cook goes, hashtag take note, there's some new stuff coming. And everyone was like, oh, okay, it's press release day, let's go. They took three hours to oh. release the press releases. Mm. I sat at my computer ready to film for three hours. And then they dropped th- two turds on my desk and said, hey, guess what? Make a video on that, you stupid bitch. And I was like, no, what am I going to do? And then, so, I started making the videos. And so I was making the video as the press releases were coming out. I was talking about the M2 iPad before I even read the press release for the base model. And so that genuine shock and disbelief at how dumb this update was came across in my video and I think propelled it to greater heights than otherwise would have been the case because we are now sitting at just about 300,000 views nice in five days and by the way it hit that figure it it hit it hit a hundred thousand views in like four hours it was nuts very nice there's 15,000 comments, not comments, likes, 
and and almost 3200 comments people went absolutely ballistic over these ipads and how stupid they are and i can't blame them no exactly and as you were saying noah the big thing was that the m2 ipad was literally just a copy paste right they just put the m2 chip in there and then i think they talked about the the apple pencil hover mode mm, yeah they were like whoa look at this that's fancy and everyone's like what the hell it just that's okay that's like a software feature someone i think verified that other ipads can do that really it's just a, it's purely just a software thing yeah oh no that's not good yeah they're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel in fact they've scraped through the bottom of the barrel <laughs> and have now gone to the barrel underneath it and are scraping the bottom of that one yeah yeah, things are looking about as dire as these this uh, wall panel situation here. That was a good... I was hoping you were going to make that exact joke. <laughs> yes, very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. The iPad, like you said, the, the Pro is a copy-paste with the M2 and the hover thing, which I guess maybe is just a software feature. Uh, so that is definitely... Okay, okay, Ian Zelbo is saying that there's some extra hardware there to make it more precise and be able to detect the angle, okay? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious about that because I believe someone broke it down and, and figured out that they changed nothing about the display at all. So the mini LED panel, which a lot of people, including myself, noticed was not super great. In the 12.9 inch iPad Pro a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Same panel. So I'm just like I I I, I don't know what they want here, right? Because for four years, four years, Apple seems like they just don't know how to top the 2018 iPad Pro. That thing was insanely good. Look at any other Apple product that came out in 2018. They were fine. They were okay. Bless you. Ah, thank you. But none of them were like insane. There was a 2018 iPad Pro. I mean, well, okay, yeah, that was the big one. <laughs> I the, <laughs> the iPhone 10s and 10R, right? Cool. The 2018 MacBook Pro, you had one of those. Mm -hmm. Thermal throttled like a crazy guy. Yeah. Insane. There was a 2018 Mac Mini. That that was good for a couple years. There was the uh, the MacBook Air. Got the butterfly keyboard. A lot of people thought that actually made it worse. 2018 was a boring year. There was not a whole lot that happened. Except... For the iPad Pro because they literally said at that point we had been looking at the iPad as a dying product there were videos on the internet all online online videos where people were saying the iPad is stupid it doesn't really do enough anymore and then Apple said hey guess what what if we completely flip the script 
and build the best tablet the world has ever seen. And we're all like, you know what? I'll take it. And then they just don't know how to make it better. They skipped 2019, 2020. They didn't do anything. They added the ultra-wide camera and a LiDAR sensor. And everyone was like, I don't care about that. It's an iPad. I'm not using it for pictures. Mm-hmm. The year after that, they said, hey, guess what, guys? We put the M1 chip in it. And we were like, I, don't, I didn't need that. I didn't need more performance anyway. And then now M2, they just haven't done anything with this product in four years. Yeah, and like you can argue that it's like already such a good product that they it's like what what would you even want them to do? But you know, I will say that on the base iPad, they did two things that I really liked that we can talk about. One is moving the camera to okay. make it horizontal orientation, and the other one is yes. the keyboard, which was like completely mm. new keyboard. It detaches, it has function keys, whatever. Those two things I really liked. And they did not come to the iPad Pro. And that, I kind of understand it, but it kind of perplexes me. And it it definitely disappointed me. I want to say this, because I know that you want to say something. But I want to just say this, Mm. that I think that the iPad Pro, the new one, actually, like, disappointed me. Like, I was already not going to get one. I already had no intention of getting one. But after seeing it launch alongside the other iPad, it made me even less likely... It was already zero, but but if I had any chance, it was even yeah. <laughs> less likely because the camera is in the bad place. I just used FaceTime on my iPad today, and it was the horrible. Bad place. Yeah, good one. Good good show. It's good show. I used FaceTime on my iPad today, and that camera is so horribly placed. If you look at the screen, it looks like you're staring out like off into the distance. It's not good for that. And if you have it in portrait mode and you look at the screen, it looks like you're looking down on someone. Not good. And and the keyboard, like the no, keyboard exactly. missing all of that it's stuff. Weird. It's missing it. So it just made me, I feel mm-hmm. like give it a year or two and Apple will figure it out and then it'll come to the Pro. And then maybe I would think about it. But seeing the new Pro right. alongside the other iPad made me even less likely to buy the Pro if I had any chance of buying it. See, but that was an interesting thing that you just said there. You said give them a year or two and it'll come to the pro why not start with the pro i agree we've been wanting an update for a really long time if they had done those things on the ipad pro nothing stopped them from doing it and if they had done those things we would have been like hey cool nice i'll i like that i'll take that but they were like no now here's here's what bothers me about the way that they did this uh, so those those two things that they did with the base model iPad that's not a base model at all because it's $450. Yeah. Uh, the thing that pisses me off is, first of all, it was the laziest product they've ever done. They copy and pasted the iPad Air from 2020, the fourth generation iPad Air. It's identical. It's got the same processor, screen, enclosure they made the corners a little bit more round and they dipped it in paint okay that's all they did to it and then they said hey we're gonna put the camera on the side where it was meant to be but instead of figuring out a way to make it work with the newer apple pencil they just said "Mm, nah and they make it work with the old lightning apple pencil what in the holy heck are they doing that is just 
mind-bogglingly dumb, in my opinion, because, like, I get why it happened, right? When you look at an iPad design, you can see we've got this little patch here. That is the interface that the second generation Apple Pencil uses. It's, it's wireless charging, it pairs through that, and it's a magnet, right? Great, love that. The second generation Apple Pencil is much better than the original one, and it has now been out for four years. So, you would think that Apple would put that on this base model iPad because it's the same copy and pasted design that has always had that ability. But no, and the reason is they put the camera in that spot. Like this is the exact location of the camera on the new iPad. And so, you know, you, it, there's physically no room to put the magnetic wireless charging interface for the Apple Pencil and the camera itself. However, I submit to you, Mr. Rubin, uh, they could have just moved the Apple Pencil over. Yeah, I think, first of all, so I understand the problem that Apple ran into where the camera and the Apple Pencil charging thing want to be in the same place. I'm assuming that there's yeah. no way for them to work around it, like move the charger module to the side and then somehow like wire it up into the middle, whatever. Let's, so there's no way that Apple could do that. Fine. Yeah. I will say that on the 11 inch iPad, I don't know if they really could have moved it too much out of the way or else the pencil would have stuck off the side. Right. I true. I do wonder if, if there's some way, I guess maybe this isn't like a good idea, but I was just thinking like the only the only features on the new iPad was the M2 and the Apple Pencil hover thing. Another way that Apple could have done this is they could have launched a third generation Apple Pencil and they could have moved mm. the magnetic part. Maybe instead of having the magnets halfway down the pencil, they could do it a little bit above and a little bit below. So maybe there's two magnetic uh, things so that the magnets are not in the way. They're not right in the middle. And then it, they can say it's more stable. They can say whatever they want to say about that. And then they could say, you know, yeah. the hover thing comes with the third generation pencil. Even if the second generation mm. pencil could do it, they could at least market that they have something. They could have used the opportunity, maybe put another feature or two into the pencil. They could have used this opportunity to launch a third generation. And that could have also fixed the magnet problem that they were running into. That's something that they could have done. Uh, but they, they didn't do that. So that's kind of what I was thinking. That is very, very interesting. Uh, now, I, I do want to find this. So Ian is sending me photos of uh, like the x-ray of the inside of the iPad Pro, mm -hmm. uh, which basically showed just how gigantic the camera module or the the apple pencil thingy is it's and it's big you know there's no denying that mm -hmm. oh god am i lit okay you know what screw it we're just gonna we're just gonna go ahead and take this photo that ian took of his computer screen and just <laughs> pop that into a chrome tab here 
Although for some reason, it's not actually loading it up here. It's just downloading it. Like I'm putting it in Chrome oh, and it's yeah. just downloading it. Stop down. Why are you, why would I want that? I already have the file. Why would you do that? All right. Well, never mind. Chrome is stupid. <laughs> anyway, it's a big thing. It's a big module and it takes up a ton of space in there. So, <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't think that's really an excuse right because what what they're doing here is setting a precedent they're saying landscape is the correct orientation for the camera on an ipad which is true mm -hmm. because most people when they're on a call with the ipad are having it docked and it, and, and and it has the camera on the side and they end up kind of in a facetime call like this they're like hey how's it going you're looking completely at the side of my head, but mm -hmm. I'm looking straight at you. And that's, they've obviously realized that that's bad. So now they have this dilemma of, we're now telling people that the future is camera on the side, but that future is incompatible right now with what they want to do for the Apple Pencil. And obviously... Obviously, the solution is not, well, we're all going to go back to the Apple Pencil 1, baby. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So, what what are we doing? Well, clearly Apple hasn't figured that out because they shipped the iPad Pro that they shipped. But it's just really, it's not a good look for Apple to, 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 to launch this new iPad, the quote unquote base model, which we got to talk about not being yeah. a base model, but to launch that and then launch the pro beside it. I was like, so surprised. I was like, as soon as I saw the iPad got the horizontal camera and that new keyboard, I was like, Ooh, the pro is getting those two. That's going to be really nice. And then neither of them happened. Like that's, that was crazy to me. Like, come on. I know it's just really unfortunate. Um, and like, look, we'll talk about the price in just a second here, but I just think that this was a wasted opportunity because like you said, they had the, they could have taken the function keys and added that to the iPad pro. They could have figured out a way to add the camera to the side and have the Apple pencil terminal on the side. I don't think that's really too much to ask for a product that has barely changed in four years. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not an unreasonable request. Now, what bothers me about the keyboard is not, I, I don't dislike it, all right? I think it's fine. Uh, I like that it's two parts because the one thing I will say about the smart keyboard and you don't have one of these, Noah, but you borrowed mine and used it for a while mm -hmm. for the 11 inch. Mm -hmm. And it's great. The trackpad is fantastic. The keys are wonderful and backlit. And it, it's really, really solid and robust. But it's, you're stuck like this. It's a laptop, essentially. You either use it as a laptop or you pop it off. Right. That, that's your only option. Uh, so this new keyboard does give you a little bit of flexibility insofar as it's a stand on the back with a keyboard that you can detach and that you can fold around. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. However, the reason that I don't like it is because 
it is exclusive to this iPad. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is if you buy an iPad Air, you can use the normal keyboard case for an iPad Pro. And what that means is if you are a customer who bought the iPad Air fourth generation in 2020 because you liked the iPad Pro design, you wanted to wait for it to come to a cheaper iPad, you saw it come out on the iPad Air 4, and you bought one. And then let's say an Amazon discount came around and you picked up the smart keyboard, the magic keyboard, whatever they call it. Now, if you've decided that it's time to upgrade once again, you can go out and buy an M2 iPad Pro 11 inch, and you can just keep using that keyboard. The same thing works backwards. You can buy that keyboard, which came out in 2020, and you can use your original 2018 iPad Pro with it. What makes that product really good is that it is widely compatible. Every iPad Pro, as long as it's the right size, from any of these now four different versions, any iPad Air since the 2020 redesign, you've got a ton of flexibility. The new keyboard has none of that. If you buy this base model iPad, and we can go on on apple.com and you'll see why that's so bad. Um, the, the problem is that what is supposed to be the base model iPad, once you buy it in its cheapest configuration, mind you, skip the Apple Pencil, and add this keyboard case, it's $700. That is no longer a base model, and you've locked yourself out of an upgrade path because you can't say, oh, in a year, I'm gonna give this iPad to my kid or to my parents, and I'm gonna buy the iPad Air or Pro, but keep my $250 keyboard. No, your $250 keyboard is locked to this. It's just, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. And is that because the connector is like in a different place? Or the size maybe? Yeah, essentially. So basically the reason that they've done this is because the base model iPad does not have the smart connector. I see. So on the back of your iPad Pro or Air is... And they've had this for a while. I think they introduced it with the original iPad Pro in 2015. Just those little three dots, the smart connector. That's what lets you use Apple and other manufacturers' magnetic devices. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's how the, the smart keyboard pairs. You got those little three, um, I forget what those are called. They're like push pin. There's a term for those that sounds fun, but yeah. I forget what it is. Uh, but it's just basically push pins that connect to it when it's on there magnetically. It's great. The fact that the base model iPad does not have that means that you are locked out from using not only Apple first party accessories like the Magic Keyboard, but also the wide network of other potentially compatible smart connectors. 
And because they rounded the corners, because they rounded the corners even more, which I guess is part of their, their trend and what they want to do, but because they did that, even if it did physically fit other cases, it doesn't actually physically fit them anymore because the corner rounding is off. And so it, it, I just don't think that was a good idea. Sorry, I've been talking for a while. What do you think? No, I, I agree. I think it's, it's really weird. Like the, the keyboard situation, it kind of mirrors with the pencil situation because we got to talk about the crazy adapter thing that they had to do with the Apple pencil, but all of it, it's just those two things are so weird and the pricing and like the strategy of like where this is going to fit into the lineup. It's all just so weird. Yeah, I mean, the the iPad lineup is so crowded right now. You've got the... So how many are there now? You've got the base model iPad. Two of those. (laughs) 329 and 449. Then there's the iPad mini, which is 499. But that's smaller, but also nicer than the base iPad, theoretically somehow and then on top of that you've got the ipad air which brings back a lot of the features that you lose on the ipad (laughs) good uh that's 5.99 and then 7.99 and 10.99 for the ipad pros i for i don't think this makes any sense as a lineup uh the ipad is IMO, not as important or as popular as the Mac lineup, but Apple has a more crowded iPad lineup than they do Mac. That's weird. Yeah, I think, like, as far as their lineup goes, the base model, the $329 iPad is the base Mm -hmm. model. That one makes so much sense. That's the, you know, entry-level iPad that you can easily recommend to people. I think it's like 300 with the education discount. And that's just like such yeah. a good, that's like the cornerstone, like the base iPad, right? And then mm-hmm. on the other side, you've got the iPad Pro. And that, you know, it's got the most powerful uh, specs and it's got, well, maybe that's kind of debatable. But let's just say like it has the nicest screen. Sorry, it's not debatable, but like the iPad Air also has the M1. I guess the pros of the M2 now, but like for a while they both had the M1. So it's whatever. But, you know, it has the better screen with the ProMotion, uh, and it has some other feature. I think it has, like, quad speakers maybe versus dual speakers. I don't know if that's a difference that it has, but it has some... Something. There's some nicer things about it. But then in the middle, there's, like, this new iPad, the iPad Air, and the iPad Mini, and they're all kind of swimming in the same pool. That's such a weird analogy. They to are. Use. I don't know why I said that. That is a weird analogy. But like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it it works, but it's a little nasty. I don't know why I just said that. But like, okay. <laughs> the mini, the mini, you know, can differentiate itself in that it's smaller. And that was still like, I don't know. It's smaller, which is cool. I just wish that it had like face was ID. Was useful. Yeah, like if it had Face ID and and, a, and the 120 hertz and it was like actually like the Pro Mini, then it would be kind of cool. Mm. As it stands, kind of meh. But like yeah. the new iPad... I think if they made the Mini, if the Mini screen was a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. either ProMotion or just not with the jelly scrolling mm-hmm. and the lagginess, like they just need to make it feel a little nicer with a larger screen. 
thinner bezel and face id i think it would be great yeah yeah that one was a little meh but like let's say okay fine the new ipad and the ipad air there those two are just like competing and it seems like they're almost competing in the same kind of area in this lineup and there should really only be one of them that's what it seems like to me and they're too close in price i mean people have criticized the ipad air for being too close in price to the ipad pro because it's 599 and then 799 but this is even closer this is 449 and 599 so it's 150 dollars off and like the ipad versus the ipad air is really splitting hairs i mean the ipad air has the m1 chip which is better but unnecessary mm-hmm. the ipad the base ipad doesn't have the smart connector or the apple pencil second generation support mm-hmm. which in my opinion disqualifies it as being actually viable um or you could argue that the ipad base model gives you a a better value because you don't if you don't need the smart connector for the apple pencil or the smart connector for the keyboard case you could get a 256 gigabyte base model ipad well second to base model ipad for the same price as a 64 gigabyte ipad air and they look almost identical god they're just they're just too similar yeah that's a good point i don't know i think the other the other thing that you can sort of throw into this pool that they're all swimming in together right is yeah yeah you remember remember that analogy right that was a good one yeah the really great mental image yeah 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 just a bunch of ipads swimming around in a pool yeah they Mm -hmm. love water um the 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 other thing you can throw in there is like a refurb ipad like a refurb pro from a couple years ago maybe even a refurb air right take take a a a last gen product which is still great my 2018 ipad pro is still just as great as it was on day one and, and you get that at a discount and you toss that in there with the with the air and this new ipad and then it'd be this water this pool that they're swimming in becomes even murkier it's it's already so full of who knows what. Yeah. But when you realize that you can go on eBay right now and get a 256 gigabyte Wi-Fi and cellular unlocked iPad Air, iPad Pro from 2018, like you can get a fully okay, it's got a little bright spot in the screen. Cool. For $350, you can get that. A, a 256 gigabyte with cellular. I just have to reiterate that so you realize what an insanely good deal this is. You can find these old iPad Air, the, the, the first gen iPad Pros, which I can tell you are very good because I have one and so do you, Noah. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. And they're a hundred dollars less than this kneecapped new iPad that doesn't even, by the way, Noah, have a laminated screen. Yeah, people have been saying that in the chat a lot. That's it's unfortunate. That is 
honestly unforgivable. The 2018 iPad Pro is still the best, undeniably. Sonny Dixon got it right. I, I just... I just don't... I just don't understand what weird marketing discussion led to this being the product. If they laminated the screen, discontinued the old one, and put this exact product, even with the weird lack of smart connector and lack of Apple Pencil second generation support, if they just made the screen laminated and put it at 349, I would be telling a completely different story. I would be saying, bro, this is the best update ever if they did that. Yeah, like this new iPad isn't bad. It's just bad for the price point that it's at, which I guess you could say about most I think things. it is. I think it's both. Think I it's think both? it is genuinely a bad product because like I understand that for some people, the keyboard connection and the Apple Pencil support might not be that big of a deal. But a very, very large population of iPad users and a big reason why the 2018 iPad Pro generation was so popular is because they have really good first-party accessories. There are very few people that just use a naked iPad. And the problem is Apple has kneecapped both of your primary expansion devices with this model. And so I would argue that the money that you save in sacrificing those things just does not reappear in its value. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it depends on, you know, who's buying the product. Because I think if you saw this new iPad, maybe not at 329 like the old one, but like you said, 349, let's say, if this is more competitive or, or more similarly priced to the original iPad, you know, then you could argue that it's for a different audience. You know, a lot of education uh, customers will buy that iPad uh, you know, maybe it's a good iPad for kids to have. And there's like different, you know, it's for a different customer base. And maybe that customer base cares less about some of the things that you were saying. I agree. Personally, I agree that it's worth spending a bit of extra money to get into at least an error, I think. I think if you're going to buy this iPad uh, at, at, you know, what is it, three 349 or whatever, or 449 if you're going to buy this new iPad, mm. you might as well go for at least an Air or like a Refurb Air or Refurb Pro or something. I wouldn't I wouldn't get this one. But if it were priced closer to the the original like the 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 previous base model iPad, then you could argue, okay, this product's not really meant for me. It's, you know, it's a base model product. It's meant for, you know, some different people and they're not going to care as much and you know, that's fine. But when it's priced where it is right now and with the keyboard being as expensive as it is right now then it's a different story and as soon as you start competing with the air then it's definitely not a good product and so i agree with you there and i think we should also talk about the apple the the pencil situation the fact that they switched to usb-c which is good on paper paper pencil haha right <laughs> but, but 
then the, then they have this mess with the pencil and how you have to charge the pencil, which is another which is another reason why I think it's a bad product. Yeah, it just doesn't really it just doesn't really make sense. It seems lazy and half baked. And as you said, if you cross shop it with a MacBook, an iPad Air, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And especially when you look at this particular page, the Apple refurbished store, where you will find that for literally twenty dollars, twenty dollars extra, you can get yourself the 2018 iPad Pro, which has a slightly larger screen with smaller bezels, which has Face ID, which has ProMotion, and a much nicer laminated display, which supports the second generation Apple Pencil. The list just goes on and on and on. It's just as powerful because the A12X is about as powerful as the A14 chip. Like, for 20 bucks. Are you kidding me? I am absolutely going to take that. You can get the uh, the 256 gigabyte for $539. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm going to take that deal. Thank you very much. Yeah, this this new iPad this new base model iPad, base model in quotation marks, does not make sense to me. You know what does make sense to me, Noah? What's that? The rumors that there could actually be one more Apple event for us this year. One more thing. Very exciting. <laughs> Perhaps even a few more things mm. at this event. So... Okay, we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Noah. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, but our our good old pal Mark Gurman, Gurmy Wormy as he is affectionately known. Oh yeah. Talked about a whole bunch of new Macs coming our way, including updated MacBook Pros, finally a new Mac Mini, and you guessed it, Drum roll, please. Mac Pro. And this is really, really interesting. So, German says that Apple is continuing to work on an Apple Silicon Mac Pro. Specifically, there is apparently a Mac Pro with 24-core CPU and 76-core GPU with 192 gigabytes of memory. Nice. That is currently in the works, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, Now, German is expecting this Mac Pro to be offered with options for 24 and 48 CPU cores, so he thinks another tier, and up to 152 graphics cores and 256 gigabytes of unified memory. Wow. Which is... Uh, uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, imagine the price, dude. Imagine. I don't even want to think about it. I mean, we have to imagine that it would be at least $10,000. Oh, yeah. Come on. Twenty even. That's rookie numbers. We got we to gotta pump those numbers up. <laughs> 
See, okay, so here's here's the problem that I'm facing. I I I feel like I absolutely must review the Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. I I never owned the 2019 one. That's the only Mac of the past 10 years that I have never owned. Because uh, it's just, I just could not justify the expense. And unfortunately, Noah, I think we are arriving at a similar situation here. I, I don't really think I need any more than my M1 Ultra Mac Studio. Yeah. Yeah, the chips, those chips are, they're, they're just good. And especially, they're good and they're optimized for, for this kind of work. And they've reached the point of diminishing returns. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that adding an additional 28 GPU, uh, CPU cores and an additional 96 GPU cores. I don't really think that's going to net me all that much in, in full honesty. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it does make me wonder. Uh, and, and, and also apparently these are M2 based, which is a little disappointing because uh, part of my coverage of the M1 ultra was that the M1 core is only really gonna get you so far when you just add more and more and more and more cores you basically start outpacing people's workflows because there's only so many cores that these workflows can actually use and that's you know that's true of third-party software but it's also true of final cut pro i did not observe any difference between 48 and 64 gpu cores literally did not make a difference to me uh, so going, just chucking in another 90, what's, what's that really going to do? Yeah, I definitely agree because there's, there's, you know, like you said, the amount of cores that you have and then the, the strength or the power of each individual core, right? And depending on your workflow, you know, you can parallelize things. You can, you know, do computations in parallel where you can send, you know, different work to different cores to do. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a situation where there is a core that has a discrete unit of work that it has to do. Mm. And the core yep. is going to do that work. And you're not going anywhere until that core is done doing that work. And, and so you do need to have more powerful cores at that point. There's only so... Uh, you can only break up a task into so many sub pieces, right? And then, and some tasks don't break up very well. Some tasks can 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 be parallelized very well. Some of them cannot be uh, done as well. And even if something can be parallelized well, that doesn't mean that it's actually implemented well. That it's actually written well in the code. And so, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. there's gonna be a CPU core doing a discrete unit of work. And it's going to do that work until it's done. And that's where the power of the individual cores comes in. And that's definitely, you know, when you have this many cores, you're going to reach that point where the bottleneck is, is how, you know, powerful the cores themselves yeah. are. Exactly. And so, you know, if your cores themselves are reaching their limits, adding more of them isn't really getting you that much. 
Um, now I do think it's interesting. We gotta we gotta address the numbers here because Apple, as they did with M2, is changing how their clusters work. So basically, you can think of think of Apple Silicon as like pretty simple um, multiplication, right? With M1, everything was eights. It was nice and simple, right? You had eight clusters, clusters of eight for the CPU and for the GPU. So you had the eight core M M1, the 16 core M1 Pro, the 32 core M1 Max, and the 64 core M1 Ultra. There was some binning differences and on on the M1 Pro, Max, and Ultra, they lobbed off two of the efficiency cores, so it went to 10 and 20. Now, where this differs is we've already seen that Apple is increasing the default GPU cores. So we went from 8 to 10 for M2. Now, that is great on the low end because when you're talking about 8 and 10 and 24 GPU cores, those are small enough quantities where you can take advantage of those extra cores, even if the cores themselves aren't dramatically different. So what Apple is apparently doing for the M2 Pro and Max is bumping up those core counts as well. So we're talking 12 CPU cores instead of 10. Uh, so rather than eight efficiency, or rather than eight performance and two efficiency, it's eight performance and four efficiency. So I wouldn't expect that to do a ton for your performance, but it could potentially help battery life. So that could be interesting to see. Uh, and then for the GPU, apparently we're going up to 38. Interesting Which is number. an interesting number, right? Yeah, that 38. How does that... How does that figure is are we breaking this like clusters of eight rule at this point or is it just like bins really hard? So so this is where I'm very curious um, because I I have maintained ever since we heard fully over a year ago that M2 was going to be going to 10 GPU cores. I have always assumed that, OK, well, there's your new cluster, right? So with the M1, the base model being 8, you can go all the way up the stack and everything is perfectly in line with that. Uh, with the one exception, which is the 14 core M1 Pro. But that actually makes sense again when you consider that that's just the binned 7 core M1 chip, which you could find in the MacBook Air. It's just right. two of those. Mm -hmm. But everything else... It's all divisible by 8. 38, though, and this is true, is not divisible by 10. That's true. So I had been predicting that the M2 would be 10 GPU cores, the M2 Pro would be 20, and the M2 Max would be 30 binned and 40, mm -hmm. etc., I don't know where they're getting 38 from. Um, and then that goes to 76 and then 152, which is a very odd number. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's 
152 is essentially four M1 Max GPUs, so it's that 38 number. But I, I, I frankly don't know what what they're doing to get to that 38. Um, I mean, I guess if you think about it as no, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Because 32, if you add one GPU core to each of those clusters, no, that still doesn't add up. Because if it was if it was four clusters of nine, it'd be 36. Mm-hmm. So is it like it's 32? plus six gpus split across four clusters yeah what yeah uh, maybe i don't know if they're doing one where like maybe some of the clusters they've been one uh one uh core and then on some clusters they've been two cores and then they're like taking some of the one core bins and the two core bins and they're like assembling them together i don't know that's that's weird yeah, I, I, I'm not... None of this is really making sense. It, I I almost wonder if... Bec- no, but then there's no 9-core M2. It's 8 or 10. Mm-hmm. So, wait, are they doing two 10-cores and two 8-cores? No, that's still 36. right yeah yeah i don't know two tens and two nines i don't understand but there's no nine core m2 i really don't know what they're doing here i'm hoping against all odds that that means that they're actually changing stuff with the M2, because we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. I, I can't remember. Time is a blur. Essentially, the problem that Apple is going to run into here is if they keep dragging out these generations, we get longer and longer and longer on the same older architecture. So the M2 is a tweaked M1, which is from 2020. And we're now apparently going all in on that generation, putting it in, in like the Mac Pro. For like t- 20 grand. And I'm just, I'm a little skeptical on, like, let's say, let's say that I, I was a production studio that needed the most powerful Mac Pro. I, I don't know that I would be super stoked to get an M2 based Mac Pro. I think I would probably have hoped that they would be doing that on their newer manufacturing process on three nanometers. Unless, by some weird happenstance, the M2 Pro Max Ultra and Extreme are on this like four nanometer weird thing that they're doing with the A16. Yeah, that's interesting. I... I do think it's weird because I thought when we were talking about this that we had it figured out about how the Mac Pro is going to come out 
you know, I think we said like maybe Dub Dub next year would be like the teaser and we would get M3 at that yeah. point. And we kind of had this all figured out and it made a lot of sense to me. And now we're talking about Mac Pro on M2 architecture, which mm. is like you said, a tweaked M1. And that just, I don't know. I really thought that we had it figured out. So this is like throwing me for a loop here a little I bit. I know. It, it, it made more sense in that way, I believe. I mean, if you talk about M3, Dub Dub 2023, that makes more sense than this. Um, now, I do want to also clarify that Mark German said specifically that the Mac Pro is not expected to launch until 2023. So I don't think that this is going to be one of those, you know, here's our new Mac Pro. We can't wait to show it to you. Orders start on Friday and it comes out the Friday after that. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's quite possible that they're going to tease this Mac Pro. But again... It's weird that you would tease it on M2. And it's also weird that this seems to be an SOC because it was not but three years ago that Apple said, okay, we were wrong. The Mac Pro needs to be upgradable and modular. And then now they're just like, haha, psych, SOC, baby. It's weird. Yeah, I wonder. See, I didn't read this rumor, so so I'm wondering. Since you have more information, is it is it very specific about that it's going to have M2, or do you think it could be that they tease it and don't talk about? Well, they can't tease it and not talk about the processor, but like theoretically, what if they tease that mm. it's a new design and they don't talk about the processor? They say it's the most powerful Mac yet, and then when they launch it, then it has M3 in it. Like, how specific were the rumors? So the rumors, the rumors are fairly specific. Okay. I believe. So, all right, all right. Here's the quote. So Mark German says, quote, My belief is that the Mac Pro will be offered with options for 24 and 48 CPU cores and 76 and 152 graphics cores, along with up to 256 gigabytes of memory. In fact, I can share one configuration of the Mac Pro in active testing within Apple. 24 CPU, 76 graphic, 192 gigs of memory. That particular machine is running macOS Ventura 13.3. Ventura 13.0, the, the first version of the new macOS, is launching Monday. So that timeline, he does not specify M2 Extreme in that particular part. But it's possible that somewhere in here he used the term M2 Extreme. I'm not looking at the full thing. Could that be, you know, maybe he's right about the configurations. Maybe those are M3 configurations, maybe. Now, I, I, I would also like to submit another possibility. Okay. We know, well, okay, we don't know, but Mark Gurman did report uh, quite a while ago on an M1 Extreme Mac Pro that was in testing that had, I think it was, you know, 
40 cores, 128 GPU cores, right? That he, I, I'm pretty sure if I Google search this, Mac Pro 128 GPU core German. Okay, do, do, do. Mark German on Twitter. May 18th, 2021. New story, Apple plans MacBook Pros with 10 core CPUs and up to 32 core GPUs. That came true. Mac Pro with up to 40 CPU cores, 128 core GPU, plus a larger iMac, MacBook Air with M2, high-end Mac Mini, new low-end MacBook Pro. So that was that was May 18th, 2021. And some of those things did happen. That he was describing the M1 Pro and Max, which came true. The larger iMac did not happen yet. The M2 MacBook Air and Pro did happen. But that Mac Pro, that was being tested clearly under M1. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come out. So, I have to be honest. I, I'm going with, I'm going with no on this rumor. Yeah, I think the rumor, I think it's certainly possible that this configuration is being tested. You know, there's there's no doubt that Apple mm-hmm. is testing different things. As far as it actually coming out, I think if it does, it's going to be, especially if we're talking, because we're getting, we're hopefully, we don't know, but we're hopefully getting close to M3. If you're talking about the timeline hopefully. for a Mac Pro, and we're almost at the end of the year, the Mac Pro isn't something that they drop, you know, quickly. Exactly like you said. It's not something that they drop and they say, oh, here's Friday and the next Friday it's going to come out, right? That's not what the, I don't think they're going to do that with the Mac Pro. And, and so when it would actually launch, I feel like, you know, hopefully it'll be close to the M3 launching. So I, I would say that this configuration being tested is probably either an M3 configuration or it's just an internal configuration that they're testing things with and it's not going to go to market. So I agree. I don't think that an M2 Mac Pro is going to launch. I I don't think so. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Not least because one would assume that if Apple is doing that, they'd also need an M2 Ultra. Mm -hmm. And here's where marketing gets in the way, right? Picture this. People are saying... Uh, well, as, as as I figured and as this comment points out here, if in fact <clears throat> it's an early build of Ventura 13.3, that would put it in the spring, probably around March. So that would mean that between now and March, we'd also need to get an M2 Ultra. Now, I don't know about you, Noah, but I think it is almost... possible that Apple releases an M2 Ultra chip this month. The The M1 Ultra came out this year. You can't, they're not, there's no way they're gonna iterate on it, especially for something that's high end like that. That is not, they would not do that. Like doing two iPhones in a year, sure. Doing multiple levels of iPad, sure. You don't do that with your five thousand dollar Pro machines. Those are not on yearly cycles. P- 
people are not buying those annually. So there is no reason for them to do an M2 Ultra. That's why I said I think they skip it completely. Don't do an Ultra or an Extreme until you get to M3. That spaces it out more and it makes it a more noticeable upgrade because it's on that newer process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, M2 Extreme, uh, M2 Ultra, sorry, versus M1 Ultra would be such a small difference. Like, it would be a difference. It would be a small difference on, like, a, like a fancy, like, high-tier product that you just launched. And there's no, like, obviously there's no reason to upgrade. But even if you're someone who's new and coming into the market of a Mac, like, coming into the Mac Studio market for the first time, right, Mm-hmm. And you see this new M2 Ultra Max Studio, like compare that to the M1 Ultra one. It's really not that much of a difference. I don't think people are gonna think, like the Max Studio is still new, right? It, it 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 there's no need to upgrade. It's like the Mac Pro. You know, we've now gone a year on the Mac Pro, and I think we're gonna get a spec bump. It sounds like we'll get a spec bump this year. But the Mac Pro, you know, it came, or sorry, the MacBook Pro, what am I saying? The MacBook Pro had this new design and the new chips, and then that lasts for at least a year. And then you can, you know, do a spec bump. The Mac Studio is even a higher tier than the MacBook Pro. You got to give it at least a year before you do a spec bump. And there's no point to do a spec bump with M2 because it's such a small difference. Exactly. And, and, And I think we talked about this all before where it's like, you can bump your lower products every year or twice a year. That's what Apple used to do. Remember early and late 2011 MacBook Pros? Mm -hmm. There was early and late 2013. Um, They did, I mean, they did, they refreshed the 15 inch MacBook Pro in 2019 in May and then launched the 16 inch in November. Like on even up to MacBook Pros, you can do twice annual updates and people will just be like, okay, cool, nice. But for the for the Mac Studio, that would just be counterintuitive. And for the Mac Pro, I mean, there's no way they're going to be doing a new Mac Pro every single year. That's just, it's not necessary. Uh, it, it, on the PC side of stuff, there's always a new high-end chip. They're always trying to get people from older generations to upgrade but apple doesn't really play by those rules in fact the mac pro right now hasn't been touched in three years before that they left it sit they let it simmer on that stove for six years do you really think they're gonna rush a mac pro now yeah and i will just say you know, as far as like the MacBook Pro, you know, you're saying MacBook Pro used to get refreshed twice a year. I think that that's even a, a, a relic of the past, or, or that's kind of a weird way to put it. But like that's back in the Intel days, where Intel would would you know release these new processors, and Apple would say, okay, you know, there's a new processor uh, that Intel has for us. Let's just you know pop it in in our computer. But now that Apple controls the processor line, and you know they're building their own processors, they you know, I don't think they, they, they're not going to do the, the these twice yearly upgrades because there's no need to. These processors are already, so they're plenty powerful. You know, whichever computer you buy, if you're buying one of the, you know, M1 or M2 models, it's plenty of power for what you need and it scales up, Pro Max, whatever. You know, there, there's no reason to refresh them 
so frequently. I feel like Apple was doing it in the past because Intel happened to have a new thing on the market and because those laptops, you know, had some issues with like thermal throttling and, and, and you know, kind of being underpowered and whatever. But I feel like now, if anything, the, the timeline should slow down rather than speed up now that Apple has more control over, you know, their, their whole products. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it should speed up a little bit, like compared to M1. Sure. No, M1, yeah. M1 was a little too slow, in my opinion. Compared to the Intel days of like, you know, two refreshes a year. I don't know if that's entirely Yeah, necessary. true, true. But M1 was a little bit slow. So I think relative to the Intel days, it shouldn't be, it certainly shouldn't, certainly shouldn't be any faster than that. Could maybe slow down a little bit. Mm. Relative to M1, I agree. You know, M1 was a little bit slow, but it was the first one. You know, they're, 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 they're getting there and now they're kind of there. So hopefully it'll pick up a little bit from there. Only time will tell, uh, but you know what else time will tell? What's that? Is the, uh, the overness of this episode of Dark Mode. Yeah, I think it's, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I think it's over. I think it is, yeah. Now, we are not going to be here next week because Noah's traveling. Mm-hmm. But the week after that, I think we should be good. We, we'll have some updates, potentially. So stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter, at Luke Miani, and at Noah Rubin. No, it's at nruben29, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, follow us on Twitter. We'll we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, honestly, at that point, we might be staring down the barrel of event invites. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, hanging out with us tonight. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Have a great night.